0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear Reverend Father, dear faithful, imagine if the whole mission of your life was to prepare the world for the coming of God upon earth. If this were the case, if you had the mission of St. John the Baptist, there would really be three phases to your life. The beginning part would be the time before God would come on earth, The middle part, the second act, would be when God came on earth. And then the third act would be afterwards, after the coming of God. And these are the three phases of the life of St. John the Baptist, the precursor, the one who was given this mission by God. This was the whole meaning of his life to prepare the people of Israel for the coming of our Lord. And also, I would say, even to prepare us, the church, wants to give us st john the baptist as an example of how we should prepare for the coming of our lord precisely because this was the role given him by god and he kind of exercises this role even to this day so what i want to do today is is just take a look at these three acts of the life of st john the baptist and see what his life can teach us about how we should live our advent how we should prepare for christmas day so, the first act is when St. John the Baptist, at a young age, goes off into the desert in order to recollect himself, in order to prepare himself. He's the preparer for everybody else, but the preparer needs to prepare himself for his work. And so, that's what St. John the Baptist does. You know, if you go to the Holy Land, you will find that the, that the uh, country of Israel is, is surrounded, by the desert. it was very. The desert is very accessible for people in the Holy Land. So it was easy for uh, St. John to find a way to get out to the wilderness. And this is what he he did. We don't know uh, where he lived. Perhaps he spent his nights in, in a cave there. Um, you know, there was these Essene communities in the time of our Lord who were out in the desert. They were living in caves, perhaps that's where uh, St. John slept in the evenings. We, we know that, that he just ate whatever food he could, could find. He didn't go to the local grocery store. He stayed out there in the desert, um, and he ate bugs and, and honey, whatever food was, was available. And he lived a very mortified life. He'd taken the Nazarite vow. Um, his father, Zachary, was told that his son Um, must not drink strong drinks. So he did not take alcohol. Um, He wore very rough clothing. Uh, The the, the scripture tells us, the gospels tell us. And the the purpose of all this, as I say, of this this very mortified and even reclusive lifestyle was to prepare himself for the coming of our Lord. And the main characteristic of this time of the life of St. John the Baptist is something that we often do not have in our life. He uh, lacked many things that we have in our 21st century life, life, but he had something that we often lack, and that is quiet and recollection, this life in the desert, being by himself, alone with his own thoughts. What was he thinking about during that time? What was he doing? Well, we know what he was thinking about. He was thinking about our Lord. He was thinking about the Messiahs, our Lord coming, how he might prepare people for the coming of our Lord. He was praying. Perhaps he was praying to our Lord at that time. Perhaps he was increasing his ability to pray out there in the desert, acquiring the art of prayer, acquiring the art of union with God for the day when he would go out and execute his mission of preaching. So, this is the main purpose of this first part of the, the life of St. John the Baptist, to prepare the preparer in a state of recollection. We know that St. John the Baptist is the greatest of the prophets because he was not only just able to point to the Messiahs to come from a distance, as the other prophets did, like Isaiah or Daniel or Ezekiel or all the prophets of the Old Testament, but he was actually able to to point to our lord really there present it's like if you have for instance a cow, uh, a castle and there are some guards who are who are keeping watch at night and you know there's a succession of shifts where the guards replace one another and perhaps they're waiting for their fearless leader to return their king to return to the castle and they're looking out and and one shift is there and they go through their shift and they say he's coming but he's not here yet and then the next shift comes and the same thing happens. And then finally you have the shift that's able to see a, the, the, the king coming off in the distance, enables, is able to, to announce to everybody in the castle, he's coming, I, we've seen him, get ready, prepare yourselves. This is what makes St. John the Baptist um, the greatest of the prophets in the fact that, that he was that last shift. He is that last shift. So after St. John the Baptist prepares himself in a state of great recollection in the desert for many years. Then comes the second act of his life, where he goes to the area around the Jordan. The Jordan River divides um, the current country of Jordan in the east from the, the country of Israel. And the country of Israel is very fertile. For some for some reason, when the rain is coming from the Mediterranean Sea over that area, it kind of stops in Israel. rains over Israel. And then there's There's these hills and quasi mountains there, and it kind of just stops there. So that's why you have the desert off in the east in the country of Jordan. So St. John the Baptist, he moves from the east to the west. He goes to the Jordan River, and he starts preaching. And because of the fact that he was such a spiritual man, and he had lived the way that he had lived in the desert for so many years, um, his preaching was extremely successful. People were looking for a prophet. They were looking for some announcement of the Messiahs. And they thronged to see St. John the Baptist. His preaching went viral. It was immensely successful. People were utterly fascinated with him. St. Matthew tells us, Then went out to him Jerusalem on all Judea and all the country about Jordan and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. This second act, of the life of saint john the baptist was a crucial time for him it was a time of temptation because he was so famous because he was so popular would saint john the baptist be able to handle fame and renown when the whole country wants to see him wants to hear him when he can hold people by his word well it was especially at this time that was important for saint john the baptist to maintain his practice of mortification, it was his mortification that kept him humble during this time, that prevented his success from going to his head, that enabled him to continue to focus on his mission and stay on track with his mission of preparing people for the coming of our Lord. Scripture tells us that St. John the Baptist did not change anything of his manner of life. During this time, right before St. Matthew tells us how famous he was, he says, And the same John had his garment of camel's hair and a leathern girdle about his loins, and his meat was locusts and wild honey. And when our Lord talks about uh, St. John and praises St. John the Baptist, in today's gospel, imagine being praised by our Lord in this way. He says, What did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? No. No. If you want to see somebody wearing silk, you go to the palace of the king. That's not where St. John the Baptist was. He was in the desert. He's not wearing silk. He's wearing these these very rough garments. He was a mortified man. So that is what attracted the people to St. John the Baptist, his holiness, his mortification, and was also what enabled him to maintain his mission even though he was very successful and continued to lead people to our Lord. And we can think about what reward our Lord gave to St. John the Baptist because of his fidelity, because of his mortification, because he had propelled himself so well What did St. John the Baptist get? He got his heart's desire. What he so wanted to do was to be able to see our Lord and to tell everybody there, that is the Lamb of God. We think about the moment of our Lord's baptism when, when St. John the Baptist sees our Lord and recognizes this is the Messiah, says it's the Son of God come upon earth for our Lord to ask him to, to baptize him. What a, what a great joy, what a wonderful joy in seeing and welcoming the Savior in the heart of St. John the Baptist. The last act of St. John the Baptist's life is um, what is recounted in today's gospel. It's, it's kind of funny how the church has chosen to arrange the liturgy for the season of Advent. Um, we've got the three acts of the life of St. John the Baptist, but they're in reverse order in the Sundays. So this is the second Sunday. We get the third act of the life of St. John when he's in prison. And then next Sunday you get the time when he's preaching. And then the fourth Sunday mentions the time when he's in the desert. So, the last act is when his preaching is done. And you know, his preaching was very thorough. He preached even to Herod, to King Herod. He wasn't living in the palace of the king, but he was preaching to the king, and he was rebuking Herod for his adulterous lifestyle. And as a result, for his fidelity in this preaching, he got thrown in prison. And the great and admirable characteristic of St. John the Baptist, um, that, that we must try to imitate during this third act is his perseverance, his stability. That even in this time of great trial, where where he's been marginalized, he was he was the talk of the town, everybody was flocking to him, and now all of a sudden he's no longer preaching. He's off in prison, he's in a he's spending his days in the basement of King Herod's palace. And we, we might expect St. John the Baptist, perhaps, if he was like us, to, to be resentful or to be desirous of that attention that, that he would received before. This is not the way he is at all. Um, what is so admirable is that he is still completely and utterly focused on his mission of directing people to our Lord. Even when he's in prison, he's saying to his own disciples, he's not saying, hey, hang around me, bring me food, you know, um, keep me company. He's saying, go to him, ask him who he is, so that you may follow him. The, um, this is why our Lord, another, the second reason why our Lord praises St. John the Baptist in today's gospel. He's like, what did you go out to see? Did you go out to see a reed shaken by the wind? Somebody who just floats along with his emotions? Somebody who changes um, in, depending on the circumstances? No. You went out to see an unshakable rock, a man who's so committed to his mission that he's going to fulfill it no matter what circumstances he's in, no matter what his situation is, especially even if he's suffering very great trials. St. <clears throat> John the Baptist was born for the sake of our Lord, he lived for the sake of our Lord, and he died for the sake of our Lord. He did not take his eyes off of our Lord at any period of his entire life he lived for the mission for which he was born he was not swayed by the glitter of herod's court he continued even to preach to herod when he was in prison he did not change his methods even at that time so my dear faithful these three qualities of saint john the baptist that characterize the three phases of his life are really three qualities that we must try to practice during this time of Advent. Recollection, mortification, and perseverance. First of all, that, that recollection. Are we able during this time of Advent to focus on our Lord? Even just briefly, even in, in, especially in our prayers, can we just have a, even a few moments, a few minutes, where our whole being is directed towards our Lord? This is what St. John the Baptist was building up himself, and himself in himself the, in, the, in the desert and is the ultimate skill we must try to acquire during our life that hopefully over time, as time goes on, when we pray, we find ourselves more able to completely focus our whole being on our Lord Jesus Christ. We, we do this by the practice of recollection. Can we focus on our Lord also in the midst of our work and, and our leisure, um, where even if we're occupied with something that, that uh, is very active, can we somehow keep our Lord in the back of our mind, that we're always dwelling in the presence of our Lord? If we are able to do that, then we certainly will not betray our Lord, even if we're in very difficult circumstances, like St. John. The second thing, the, the question of mortification we want to imitate the mortification of St. John the Baptist during this time of Advent. Are, are we able, like St. John the Baptist, to live without the attention of the world? Do, do we have a need to let the world know what we're doing? Do we have a need to know what the world is doing? Can we, can we cut ourselves off from that? Not, not being so connected with the world. The thing is we we do not realize how little we need the world until we are separated from it. we take we, we take some resolutions perhaps separate ourselves from a, a bit from the world and we, and when we do that, we find, wow, I wasn't needing that connection with the world, that very close connection with the world through my entertainments, through my news feed or whatever whatever it is we're spending our time with then lastly of of course this most i would say the highest characteristic of Saint john the baptist his stability and his perseverance his focus his absolute determination to stay the course no matter what happened we must do the same we must try to imitate him by continuing to direct ourselves towards our lord no matter what the situation is do we have this ability that that no matter what happens to us um if, especially if, if we have a cross or some sort of trial that that hits us, are we going to continue to be virtuous? Are we going to continue to stay on our mission of, of saving our souls, of serving our Lord Jesus Christ in this life, no matter what happens? We, we must seek to, to do this, to imitate St. John in, in that way, and also to continue and persevere in directing the souls of those who are entrusted to us, Perhaps we have family members who have left the faith or our children or, or whatever. And we, we can be tempted to, to despair and thinking, oh, you know, there's nothing I can do. Um, but this, again, is, is not fruitful. You think of St. John the Baptist, he's, he's not even losing hope in Herod. He's, he's continuing to, to try to lead Herod towards the good. Even, even if Herod is, is a very bad man and in an adulterous situation, we must continue to pray for our loved ones. We must continue to, to look for opportunities. Sometimes there's special opportunities at Christmas time um, to send them a card or, or send them a gift and uh, to lead them to a better place. So my dear faithful, the disciples of St. John the Baptist directed by him went to our Lord and, and they asked him, are you the one who is to come or is it someone else? He is the one. Our Lord is the one. Let us try to imitate St. John the Baptist by keeping our focus on our Lord during this time of Advent. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.